99.9 WHAM, Wham Radio, Season 7, Episode 1. Previously, in the last episode, Fauna, Pixie, Tommy, Chuck, Lemur, and Rocky were revealed to be a part of a time-traveling project for the government, called Quantum Wham. It started out as a time-traveling experiment that turned into much more. Pixie, Fauna, Tommy, Chuck Wood, and Lemur would oversee the project and would have to figure out how to return the test subject, Rocky, back to the present. He had been stuck for 13 years, lost in time, before they finally found him. Lemur would transport himself into the project via a hologram and would help Rocky figure out what he needed to do to move on to his next leap, hoping the next leap might return him home. But during the last mission, something weird occurred that had never happened before. The hologram of Lemur was able to bond with the test subject, Rocky, and they would share a body for a brief moment. Rocky would end up succeeding and leaping out, but it wouldn't be to home, and would still be lost in time. And now, he would have no guide. We join this noir-setting cartoon with a man driving a car, monologuing to himself. Oh, what? How did I end up here? Wait, actually, I don't remember anything from today. Or, hold on a minute, my... Life. Rain poured down from the heavens. She would be angry about something, but only the sky knew what it was. Okay, okay, just calm down. Um, wait, what the hell is my name? Why can't I remember anything? Let's see if I have any identification on me. The man would bring his 1970s Chevelle that was baby blue to a stop. He looked all around the car, but wouldn't find a thing. No wallet, just smokes. Hmm, this thing is cleaner than money that's been laundered by the mob boss Warquest. Hmm, hold up, why do I know that name? But more importantly, from where? The guy checked his pockets and would only find a stack of 20s bundled up. He continued to talk to himself. Fuck, what kind of new hellish nightmare is this? I mean, I don't know my name, where I live, or what the hell is going on. Son of a bitch! What the hell am I gonna do? The man cursed the heavens and then looked all around trying to see if there was anything familiar. To the left, there would be an alley and a group of teens who were chasing and messing with a homeless man. As the man watched and creeped from the distance, he would see the three teens setting the homeless guy on fire and then trying to piss him out and then continuing to do it over and over again. The man from the Chevelle watched the entitled little brats before he made a move. He grabbed his piece, a gun named Samantha, and snuck into the alleyway from the opposite side. Keep steady, Samantha. With any luck, these bunks will come to their senses. There'll be no use for you. The mystery man hopped out of his classic American-made car and headed over to the opposite side of the alleyway. He toyed with his gun, getting a feel for it. He couldn't remember much of anything at the moment, but he knew Samantha. He named the gun after a babe he once loved. As he entered the alleyway from the opposite side, he grabbed an empty glass bottle off the ground and would sneak into position, staying only to the shadows, listening to the teens as they talked, saying, Take that, you old shit. What a waste of a human life, you fucking beggar. Jack's doing you a favor, old man. If you can't provide for yourself, you ought to be taken care of. <laughs> Please, don't do this. I did nothing to provoke you, gentlemen. Now go, go on. Leave me be and let me die in the city which I protected. Yeah, come on, guys. We've tortured this old fool enough. Let's get out of here. Jack, I thought you were gonna torch this fool. I'm over grabbing a baby in the old town. Not this shit. Come on, Kevin and Jack. This is stupid. And need I mention illegal? 
Jack poured gas on the homeless man as he pleaded. Please, don't do this. I'm a veteran. I served my country so you can live your life. Please, just leave me alone. Stop it. Stop. <coughs> Kevin ignited the lighter, but would hand it off to Jack, who had a joyful look in his eyes as he reached down and set the old man on fire. As I watch these sick little bastards, I see it's like a kid on Christmas getting that toy that they were really hoping for. His stupid, dumb grin, smiling from ear to ear at the burning homeless man screaming in agony. The little bastard knew he had a problem. Heck, he didn't even try to hide it. The more I thought and watched, the more angrier I got inside. My mind began to take over. I wasn't sure why I was so worked up, but I certainly knew that I was. The mysterious man snuck forward and hid behind a nearby trash can, close to the boys. Two of them, Billy and Kevin, watched their friend in terror. Kevin's face would be mortified at what Jack had just done, and Billy would turn around and throw up at the smell of the burning flesh. When Billy was done, he would turn and look at his friends, who weren't paying attention, and he would see his chance to leave and take it. Hey, dude! I bet I could piss this fire out before the bastard dies! No, you can't! This old woman's already dead! You waited way too long, idiot! The homeless man would lie still for a moment and would look dead, but would grab Jack's ankle in a last-ditch effort. Jack would freak out scared and jump backwards while Kevin laughed at his friend. Ah, you motherfucker! <laughs> oh my god, dude! That's what you get? Instant karma right there! Fuck you, you stupid piece of shit! You know I was only joking around about pissing on your body before, but you know what? I think I'm gonna do it! Here, dude! Hold my phone! Record it! Fuck you, dude! This is where I draw a line! Fine! I'll have Billy record it! Bill? Damn it, Billy! William? Dude's Ryan! Probably had the right idea! What was that? Nothing! It's just, dude, you said we were gonna head to town, and I thought that meant, like, booze and babes and get them broken! Not whatever the hell this thing is! Fine! Just give me a minute to take a piss and we'll be on our way! Jack walked over to the now dead but still on fire homeless man and would begin to piss on him. We see everything is in still in a black and white canvas, except for the fire that is in color. As Jack whips out his tiny pecker and starts peeing on the homeless man, a bottle would come smashing against the alley wall and cut Kevin's face from the flying debris of the smashed bottle. In a matter of seconds, Kevin would be nowhere in sight, and the three bullies were now one. What was that? They say turn down the right corner in Eagle Falls, and you can find anything. William, what was that? Oh, fuck, Kevin, where the hell did you go, bro? Ah, you fucking cowards. It's probably just a cat. Fucking pansies. A man with amnesia would sneak up to the teen and put his left arm around his throat and a gun up to the temple of his head and say, Meow, I'm the fucking cat you just heard. Oh, yeah, and what the fuck are you gonna do about it? Nothing, because you don't know who I am. You don't get it. I don't even know who I am. And more importantly... We see a silhouette of the mysterious man holding a gun up to his victim's head. Seconds would pass before the trigger would be pulled, and the teen would be laid waste of. The mysterious man would grab the body of the teen and put it on top of the homeless man, who was still on fire, and walk out of the alley. He went to get into his car, but all of a sudden he would be overcome by the need to have a beer. He looked over to the right and saw a bar named Miller's. 
It was owned by a man named Frank, who everyone loved. Our mysterious man walked inside and would feel like he was home. He looked up ahead and saw a woman with an hourglass figure dancing her life away, and a tiny, slender, red-headed man who was chucking change up on stage at her. Within the blink of an eye, a man who looked like a Spartan would emerge out of nowhere from the crowd. He would quickly grab the red-headed man and toss him outside. It was an impressive feat as the man would fly 75 to 100 feet in the air before hitting the ground. The gladiator man would turn around and walk back into the bar and up to our mysterious man and stare him down before saying, You got a lot of fucking nerve coming here, kid. Ten fucking years. Ten. He shows eight fingers. What the hell are you talking about? The gladiator would get a smile on his face and start to chuckle before grabbing the mystery man and giving him a gigantic hug. (laughs) (sighs) It's good to see you, Jay. Come sit with me and have a beer. Let's catch up. This fellow knows me. I suppose I ought to have a beer with him and see what he knows. Maybe he could tell me something as to why I can't remember anything. He guides us both over to what I can only presume is his favorite table and stares the people down sitting there, and they move. As we plant ourselves down, I can't help but observe the service here is quick, and the waitress arrives within a blink of an eye and says, Hello, I'm Kelly. Welcome to Miller's Club. How you doing, Mickey? You want the normal? Yup, Amaretto Sours. Light on the Amaretto, heavy on the sour, and keep them coming. I'm celebrating getting out of jail, finally. And how about you, sweetie? What can I get you? Jay, he wants a Milwaukee's Beast or some other cheap-ass light beer, right? Jay makes a nod with his head, as if he's not wrong, and the waitress acknowledges and says, Okay, coming right up. The waitress leaves, and within seconds, returns with our beverages. Seconds go by that feel like minutes, and next, she's up on top of the bar, doing her own thing. Ah, you gotta love a bar like Miller's. Plenty of fine booze and lots of babes to drool over. So what's up, Josh? What's new? Or do I still call you by your code name, Jay? Mm. So, my name is Josh. Or is it Jay? Jay is fine, my friend. And you know, same old, same old. What? What did you just say, buddy? You gotta speak up. It's really hard to hear anything in here. Come on, follow me outside so we can talk. As they emerge outside, police are now on the scene investigating the death of the teen and the homeless guy. Jay takes Mickey over to his car and they hop inside and light up a smoke and begin to talk. Wow, that is one fine piece of American-made machinery. How much that set you back? And what's her name? Let's just say it was my reward from our job. And yeah, I call her Jessica. Nice, kid. Is that a 454 or a 402? I believe a 454. But that's kind of the reason why I asked you out here. Why, you looking to sell it? No, that's not it. I need your help with something else. Oh, I see. So what exactly do you need my help with? Stop beating around the bush and just say it. You know I hate when you do that shit. Well, that's it, Mick. I can't remember a thing. Well, that kind of makes sense. You're not really acting like yourself. I mean, you've been sober for 13 years, and you just nonchalantly drank a beer right in front of me. So? Okay, I'll go on. You normally chatty patty and never shut the fuck up, but you've been reserved and quite distant. So what's going on? And do you know how or when this started happening? That's the thing. I don't know. I can't remember a goddamn thing. Now my name, my home, nothing. Okay, 
calm down. But keep talking. Don't hold out on me now, or I'll make you talk. All right, fine. But I can't tell you much because, well, I don't know. I don't even know what I do for a living or why I'm even here. Sounds like you're having a midlife crisis. I kind of had one when Sienna died. Uh, okay. Let's start from the beginning. Your name is Joshua David. I call you Jay because of the job we pulled together where you got busted and that's why you were in prison. See? There you go, kid. You ain't forgetting nothing. You just need to remember it. Okay, but why am I here? Why are any of us here? Hell is waking up every goddamn day and not knowing why any of us are on Earth. It's just best not to think about it. Now, as far as the amnesia shit and why you can't remember nothing, well, that seems like something we really need to figure out. So let's get moving. Chase starts up his vehicle and follows the direction Mickey gives him. They pass through the town of Sacred Oaks and end up in a place called Basin City. We hear Jay monologue to himself. As we drive through Basin City, the girls are all over. Any desire you could dream of could be yours for the right price. I've only had one beer already, but I'm drunk. Such a lightweight, such a loser. Hate yourself later, though. We arrive at a bar called KT's and get out of my car and go inside. The curious cat inside of me is beaked. This place seems familiar. But how? Why? And what's Mickey's motivation here? I suppose I'll find out soon enough. The guys walk into the bar and sit down when Jay says, Mickey, what the hell are we doing here? You can't remember, right? I'm thinking you got blackout drunk. So what better way to find out what happened than get blackout drunk again? You just wanted to get wasted. Fine, do it up. But I won't partake. All right, fine. Suit yourself, you big pussy. But you'll come around. How do you know this won't help you remember? Three hours later, and I failed to keep my promise. The alcohol calls to me from within the glass. Is this what withdrawals are? Or did someone tab my beer at the last bar? And now I'm losing my grip on reality. The alcohol calls to me, screaming, saying, Hey, Jimmy, you're thirsty? Come on! Trick me! You know you want to! Huh? <laughs> Come on! Think about what I taste like! Yummy, yummy! Come on, think about it! The man you are when you're drunk, you like him, right? Then just take a sip! Another three hours would pass, and several shots and beers later, Mickey would disappear from the desolate bar. A few loud banging sounds would be heard and Jay would stumble outside. He was wasted and tried looking for his car, but would just black out in the parking lot. We see a waitress walk out and grab him and drag him over to his car. She loads him into the back seat, gets the keys from his pocket, and hops in to the driver's seat and peels away. Thirteen hours of sleep would pass and Jay would wake up with a pounding hangover. Oh, man. I promise you, Lord, I'll never drink again. You helped me just get through today and not feel like shit. Ugh. Jay got up and wandered through the random house and looked at everything. It looked like this was his place, but it didn't feel like his home. He wandered into the kitchen and opened up the fridge and grabbed a drink and noticed his answering machine had two messages. He went over to it and hit play and listened. Josh, it's me. Josh, it's Tony, your boss from your job. Contacting you to see what's been going on. You're no-call, no-show for like a week now. You do have the time the company is using, but after that, I'm afraid I'm going to have to let you go. Contact me. I can work with you. Are you in trouble? In the hospital? Ugh. Let me know. Talk to you soon. Hmm. 
so I've been missing from work for a week. That must mean I've only lost a week's time. But still, why can't I remember? Hello! My name is David Joe. Oh, never mind that. Meet me at noon at Miller's Bar and Grill. I think I may have some information you may be interested in that pertains to you and your actions the past couple of days. You know, it's a pretty rotten thing to not know oneself. The question who you are or who a true friend is seems like everyone nowadays is just an acquaintance. It goes as deep as what I like and what I love. Are these my choices or what people tell me with conviction? I stare out the window wondering with a blank thought. I'm not sure what to say. The only thing I know of certain is that my name is Joshua David and I have a problem. Jay makes himself an English muffin with butter and cream cheese, a couple eggs, and a bowl of cereal. It's the first time he really remembers eating. He washes it down with two glasses of chocolate milk, and that makes him throw up. As he recovers, he gets up and grabs a piece of paper and writes down some things he wants answers to. One, why can't I remember? Two, who's this weird guy that I'm supposed to meet? Three, when I see Nikki later on, tell him his idea of getting blackout drunk didn't work. Now I can't remember yesterday either. Well, barely remember. Jay thought long and hard for anything from his past to enter his mind, but it would only appear in bits and fragments and would need to be assembled like a delicate puzzle. He continued to talk to himself and would say, Now what I do remember is my name being Joshua David, a.k.a. Jay. I mean, it must be true as it's what everyone I've run into seems to be calling me. Mickey the guy on the answering machine. Oh wait, I think I remember the job that Mickey and I pulled, and... A memory from last night occurred inside of Josh's mind. He remembered being in Old Town inside of a bar when a girl got a little bit mean to Mickey for getting handsy. She whipped out her gun and would point it at Mickey and shoot him in the palms of his hands. She went to walk away and a bullet would find its way through her skull. That's when Josh would return back to reality from his memory. He talked to himself once again. Son of a bitch, Mickey. What did you do? Like, I already don't have enough problems going on. No, let's slam some more on there. Are you fucking happy, Lord? I can't take much more of this game. Please, please, I beg of you. I've had enough. Lay off me for the testing bullcrap. After Jay got done cursing his ceiling, he would grab his cigs, wallet, lighter, and cell phone and march out his door. As he walked outside, he would see a woman who abandoned herself on his steps, and he would say, <coughs> Um, excuse me, lady, but you're on my steps. Think you could be above somewhere else? Excuse me! I'll have you know I'm a county taxpayer, and I'll sit down and rest wherever I want. Listen, listen, all I'm saying is there's a thousand other stoops you could be parking your little keister on. Why choose mine? Because the Lord told me to. Oh, God. Yes, precisely. You don't understand it yet, but you will. We are all being bemused. Worlds and stories are colliding as we speak. They are being destroyed and created into new worlds. Wait, oh my, I figured it out. You're him, you're... Just stop right there, okay? I think I've had enough of Miss Druggy at her space talk. I've got things to do, lady. Sit on my steps or move on. I don't care what the fuck you do. I'm out. Have a nice day. No, wait, stop, please. I need your help. My son Rocky was murdered a week ago. I said, stop, you ass. Jay walked away from the crazy woman as she talked on and on. He would get into his car and drive down to Miller's bar to meet the voice from the answering machine and hopefully Mickey. 
He goes inside and looks around, but doesn't see Mickey anywhere, but does see the waitress from last night. As he sits down, she walks over to him, and she tells him the bad news. Hey, sugar. Welcome back. What can I get you this morning? Knowledge. Josh flashes 20 bucks. I'm looking for Mickey, trying to remember what exactly happened last night. We got blackout drunk, and I can't remember a thing. Oh, my. Then, take it you didn't hear the news? It's been on every channel since 10 a.m. What news? Mickey Donald was arrested last night for killing 26 Old Town hookers. It's so sad. Wait, what? He killed 26 girls from Old Town? No, he didn't. Yeah, news said it was like 26 girls all within five minutes and 20 blocks from one another. What makes you so sure it wasn't him? Wait, that doesn't make any sense. We didn't go to Old Town last night, did we? And how could he kill 26 girls in five minutes in a 20-block radius? Jay tried to remember them, but the brain is a funny thing when you poison it with liquor and beer. So what you're saying is you think your friend was framed? Yeah, do the math. It just doesn't add up. There's no way in hell he could have done all that in the condition we were both in. Here, take this. Thanks for the knowledge, babe. The waitress went and walked away when Jay grabbed her wrist and would say, Hey, I'm sorry, but you seem really familiar. Do I know you? I mean, I work here and you're regular, it seems, but no, we don't actually know one another. I'm Kelly. I'm Josh, but everyone calls me Jay. Nice to meet you, Josh. Hey, one more quick thing. I'm supposed to be someone here. I don't really know who, but figured you're a waitress. Maybe you might hear see something. I'll keep my ears tuned for you if I hear of something. As he went back up, Jay would sit in the bar from 12 p.m. to 3.30 a.m., but the waitress would never return, and he would never find who he was supposed to meet. He finished his last soda out of 20 and walked outside after taking a piss in the bathroom. He would go over to his car and hop inside, turn it on, and begin to back up. But as he began to back the car up, he would be blocked by a beautiful yellow Ford Mustang, and four girls would emerge out of it and begin to talk to one another. Is this the guy you saw last night at the bar chilling with Mickey before his shit hit the fan? Oh yeah, I'm positive. So are we gonna kill him or are we supposed to take him alive, Wendy? You guys, you shouldn't do this. He's innocent. Blaze, leave him alive, but rough him up if he tries to run. Yes! just made my freaking day. You girls know I can call him when I see him, right? Like, I can tell if a guy's gonna be a screamer, a moaner, a runner, a killer, but... Albany, get on with it. Oh, sorry, boss. I only meant that this one feels like a runner to me, so be on guard, ladies. I'm telling you, yes, he was with Mickey last night, but you weren't there. You didn't see what I saw. Think about the math of the killings. I... It just doesn't add up. Not for Mickey. The guy was practically retarded. Shut up, Devin, and get over here and cover my flank. Do as she says, little one. No. Screw you all. Not till you listen to the voice of reason. I tell you what. I'll listen to that voice of yours when he's captured and paid for. Okay? Wait. Paid for? This isn't for vengeance? Wendy ignored what Devin was saying, and the three girls moved in. Jay would be freaking out trying to get the keys into the ignition when Wendy screamed. Hey, get out of the car now! I just want to talk to you. Oh, yeah? That's why you're carrying a Taurus Model 85, right? Dog. Uh-huh. Blaze would run over and smash the passenger side window with her Colt 45 pistol and unlock the door handle and dive inside after Jay. He would drop the keys to the car on the floor and would be grabbed by Blaze. Albany would hurry up and dive in next, but she would be shoved to the back by Jay trying to fend off Blaze. Albany would quickly adjust herself and aim her gun at Jay and scream. Say the word, Wendy, and I'll pop a cap in this food. Don't kill him, but let him feel some of the pain him and his friends caused last night. <laughs> 
Albany pointed the gun into the backseat and would fire it three times. The first shot missed firing through the windshield. The second shot would hit like in the game Battleship, and the bullet would go straight through Jay's shoulder. The third bullet would jam the gun, but still make a sound, making the next shot Albany fired a more dangerous shot than ever. Oh, you son of a bitch, you just fucking shot me. As the girls were busy capturing Josh, a policeman nearby would hear the shots fired and run to the scene to do his civic duty. As he arrived on the scene, he would scream, Please, everyone freeze and lower your weapons. Wendy, just do it. Dispatch, I got shots fired outside of Miller's Bar and Grill. I request, get over here, you little bastard. Blaze, hit him with the butt of your gun. Knock him out. Blaze would knock out Jay and pick him up and throw him into the back seat. Albany would say, Oh, uh, hell no. You did not just throw that dead body back here with me. <laughs> Albany would freak out and rush to get into the front seat, scared of the dead body. He's not dead. He's just bruised and broken. <laughs> Shoot that pig on the ground and put him out of his misery as we pass, will you? Come on, make yourself useful for a change. Useful? For a change? I'll have you know I take home 3,089 I work. I'm as useful as they come, bitch. How about you put the piggy out of his misery? I don't have a gun. Oh, fine. Just shut up. But you've got to do something for me. Name it. I don't freaking know, but I'll think of something. Blaze would back up Jay's car slowly so Albany could take the shot. But when she did this, her gun would have already been jammed from the previous third bullet and would clash with another bullet inside, exploding the barrel of the gun, sending it into her skull. She would fall over and die instantly, and Blaze would freak out and kick her out of the car and then peel away. Some time would pass before Jay would awoke to a bucket of piss being thrown into his face. We hear him monologuing inside of his head saying, Damn broads, why couldn't they just kill me and book me out of this hellish nightmare I call Saturday night? They're as beautiful as they are evil. I'm sure each one can manipulate a man to do whatever they want. Wendy looks like the leader. She's a blonde with golden curly hair, and her green eyes are hypnotic, none other to her hourglass figure. Next to her would be Devin. I'm not sure how or why, but I feel a connection to her. She looks young. She looks so young with her short blonde hair and bangs, yet I feel appalled for thinking she's attractive. And then there's Blaze. Her name says it all. She's a fierce warrior woman. Don't let her long brown pigtails fool you. This one's trained for death. I could see it in her eyes. I better tread carefully here. I have no power. These thoughts race inside my head. Their names. Devin, Wendy, Blaze. Devin, Wendy, Blaze, over and over in my mind, showing me the nice side of the girls, but also the dark side as well. I'm awake to water splashing me in the face, but it doesn't smell like water. It smells like piss. Wake up, loser. It's time we had a chat. <laughs> what the hell, Wendy? Shut up. When I want you to talk, I'll ask you a question. Do you understand me? Yes, but I... Your answers will be yes or no. Unless I ask you to elaborate, you will keep it short and simple. Do you understand me? Yeah, but you got the wrong guy. I didn't do anything wrong except be at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. I don't think he understands, Wendy. Shall we make him? You know what? I don't think so either. But no, I want Devin to take his pinky finger. Right or left, dealer's choice. No, please don't do this. Just give me a day to prove he's innocent. I'm afraid you have until the payment arrives, and that's any minute now. Bitch, what about Albany? Please stop. Don't do this. I'll work with you. I promise. I'll tell you everything I know. But it's not a lot, because I can't remember anything. Oh, that seems like the perfect excuse. You hear that, girls? He coincidentally can't remember. Blaze, take his pinky finger. If Devin's gonna wuss out... Um, okay. Uh, uh, ah! 
just so we're on the same page. I was talking about Albany. Stupid bitch killed herself, gun backfired. I freaked out and left her behind. Should we go back for her? Well, first off, I thought this slime bucket killed her, and that's why I just had you remove his pinky finger. You know, knowledge like that would have been helpful before I had made that decision, but fuck it. No, with any luck, the police will think she killed the officer. Why are you doing this? I can't remember anything, honestly. I didn't even know who I was until yesterday. I believe him. I don't. Yeah, it sounds like he's spouting some New Testament bullshit about not knowing who he was till yesterday. Tell me about your friend Mickey, and think real hard before you answer. I, um, know he just got out of jail after serving ten years, and he's as loyal as they come. He could have ratted me out as his accomplice, but he never did. You know, I couldn't remember anything, my name, where I lived. So he suggested we get blackout drunk, and maybe something would come back to mind. But I don't even remember hitting up Old Town last night. Wait, no. I remember going to Katie's Bar over in Basin City. Yeah, around what time? I don't know. Eleven. So that puts him and his friend in the area. You're guilty. You just proved it. She's right. You and your friend don't have an alibi, and 26 innocent girls were killed in a violent, coordinated rampage. So what do you think of that? I think that's bullshit. If you do Mickey like I do, you knew he would never hurt a babe, let alone a fly. A mysterious voice would emerge and say, Hello, hello, hello. Honey, I'm home. Devin, greet our guest and guide him here. Devin, Devin, where the bloody hell did she go? I don't know. To find proof of what she was saying? To take a shit? Ladies, don't shit. We poop. Now, go greet our visitor and bring him here and count the money. Wendy would walk over to Jay as Blaze walked away and said, I don't believe a word you're saying. I think you and your buddy coordinated the attack. Who sent you? The police? The mob? Is there a mole again in Old Town because we found and killed the last one? We can do it again. Lady, you're paranoid. I told you everything I knew, and you still don't believe me. At this point, I accept my fate, and any part of the hell that I may have caused that I can't remember. Is it possible? Yes, I'm definitely at the wrong place and wrong time. It's highly unlikely my friend or I would pull off such a task. This was a military job, or maybe a mafia job. When he went over, and without a word would take Jay's other pinky finger off of his hand. Blaze would walk inside and nod her head to Wendy, acknowledging that all the money was there. So, you have your money, but what will you do now? Go home and rest after a job well done. Blaze, we're out of here. Very good, you ladies. It was nice working with you. Yeah, no problem. We were more than happy to help with this son of a bitch. This one was personal. Who was he? The one? Maybe. He was part of it, we think, but he ain't talking. You get him to squeak, we'll pay extra for any information you come across. Well, I heard a little bird tell to me the attack on Old Town may have just been a my boss one quest job. There's no way it goes that big. He wouldn't be that stupid to attack us. Hi, he wouldn't. I agree. Too bad, you ladies. Can't trace it to him. <laughs> Come on, Blaze. Let's get out of here. We gotta go find Devin. The girls would walk away, and an old, bald man would walk and emerge into the room that the girls had Josh, a.k.a. Jay, tied up in. As he walked in, Jay thought to himself, Just my luck. These girls are looking for answers, and they had to hire a professional to get them. Too bad I don't know what they're looking for. This fool's gonna drive himself crazy looking for a needle in a haystack that ain't there. <laughs> Priceless. Hey, wait, what the hell is that smell? 
It smells like garbage sat out in the hot sun all day. It smells like death, and it pours off this twitching, fat, bald man, who's a tidy little fellow. His red eyes stare at me through his thin glasses. He's determining something, but what, I can't tell. Moments of silence would feel like hours before the smelly man would talk and say, Hello, Joshua. Let me start by saying you might not know me, but I can assure you I know you. The man would open up a briefcase and we see a bunch of bombs, knives, and guns inside. The man would pause talking and grab his hand. No, no, damn sight horses. Not now. You guys, I think I... Gap through. Lame, lame dog, are you here? Lame dog? Oh, my hat just came out of this guy's butt. <laughs> oh, later. The man would go back and forth between two voices before falling out of a trance and would continue to say, Now, where was I? Oh, yes, I remember. Here, look at this picture and tell me, what do you see? The stranger walked over to Jay and dangled a picture of a dead body in front of him. The dead body would look strangely familiar as it was the dead body of the teen Jane had killed for torturing the homeless man in the beginning of this story. The person is my son and this was his phone on that night. He was live streaming this morbid fucked up acts. He claimed if he got enough viewership, he could get paid. And the more fucked up shit he did, the more money I had to spend on mine to keep him out of trouble. I loathed him for his actions. But still, he is my son. My blood, I still loathed him. He didn't deserve the death you gave him. I'm sorry, I didn't know. I was just trying to do the right thing and help the old man that your kid set on fire. And who the hell made you judge, jury, and executioner? Nobody. It's what every good Samaritan should do. Help out someone when they're in need. But this fucking city has lost its way. You got that right she has. I live every goddamn day. The world can't be in lines. We're off on the roads and even mid-sentence. But no more. With the death of my son, I don't freaking care. You dumb son of a bitch. Get it? I set you up. I'm the person who left you the voicemail, you bitch, to meet me at the bar. So what's your point? Are you gonna fucking talk me to death? I want vengeance for my son. You think you're real funny, don't ya? <laughs> Let's see a joke with a broken jaw. The man walked over to Jay and hit him a few times. We hear his monologue say, The mysterious man never once says his name, just his intentions. He plans to avenge his son's death that I caused. I can't blame him. If I had a son, I'd probably avenge him as well if he died before I did. The stranger punches me till I'm inches close to death. The first punch is like biting the curb. The second one arrives just as quick as the first, and it just flecks how strong he really is. Some of my teeth fall out, and in the corner of the room, I see the Grim Reaper dancing away, like some Indian joyfully singing in a circle with his tribe. I watch the Reaper dance until I pass out. Oh, come on! I thought you were tougher than this! Did those whores knock all the fight out of you? The window crashes with a ninja star flying through it towards Josh's killer, who's named David. He would tilt his head out of the way, but still get badly scraped from the star passing by. As he looked towards the window, he waited for someone to emerge, but they would already be inside and above him. We see it's Devin, who would be waiting, thinking, plotting for her next move. 
As David panicked, she would drop down from the ceiling and would cut David's hand off as he dove towards his weapons. He would quickly grab two sticks and connect them to a bow staff and begin to swing it around. Kevin would have a katana and would start whipping it around so fast that the naked eye could not see the blades anymore. Sword and stick would clash several times and Devin would say, Stop! You can't kill him! He has a much bigger purpose to play here. And most importantly, he's innocent with the killings of the girls of Old Town. He doesn't deserve death. No, no, no! His purpose is to die for killing my son. I don't care about some dead hoes that my boss Wanquist probably had killed. Devin would manage to kick David's right arm, making him stab himself into his thigh. His blood would fly gracefully through the air as she reached for the weapon and ripped it out. It would seem impossible to Devin, but she was always such a good fighter. But even on his knees, David would be a foe worthy of battling. She would retreat backwards towards Jay and swing her swords, cutting him from his bindings, and muttered, On my signal, take him down. But Just trust me. Okay. Devin raced towards David and would have her sword disarmed from her and it would land near Jay. David would click a button on his bow staff and a spear would emerge out of the end of it. He would hold it up to Devin's throat and we hear Jay monologuing, saying, I grab my sword and free myself from the bindings that the angel of mercy, Devin, has freed me from. I'm on my feet and seem red, and as I grab her sword, I move my feet head to toe as to not make a sound as I sneak up on this asshole that's beaten me half to death. As I stand behind him, ready to shove the sword into his lungs, he stupidly draws more time. Stupid dumb fucker. They always talk and stall for more time. Nice try, you stupid bitch. I admit it. You got skill. But don't you know who you're messing with? Yeah, me, motherfucker. I take the blade and shove it into his back. And through his chest, he falls to the ground, taking the sword with him. I walk over to him and let him see my face. Then I reach down and twist the blade. He cries out in pain. There's no need to wonder if he feels it, because he does. Next, Jay grabbed the sword and ripped it out. Devin would search the body, and she finds an ID with the name David Joshua. Jay takes the sword, and when she's done, she makes a Pez dispenser out of David. When she's done, Jay mutters to himself, Like father, like son. Huh? What? There's no freaking time! Come on, hurry! Come with me, I need your help! I didn't say anything, and yeah, sure, no problem. They get outside and get into a car, Devin drives and explains to Jay. Okay, here's the deal. That guy back there works for my boss, Warren Quest. I found these keys on him. Figured we could go check out his place, see what clues we could find. All right, I'm game. You just saved my life back there, and you wouldn't torture me. Wow, you really don't remember the past few months, do you, sweetie? I'm your girlfriend. We have had to keep it a secret because I'm not allowed to have a boyfriend with my profession and all. But you really don't recall anything? No, not a damn thing about me. Only fragments of, I don't know, what I think is life. Like, I know before we go to this guy's place, we should ditch his body into the pits. That's a good idea. I was gonna take the body to the girls in Old Town, but that's probably what they were going to do with it anyway. You know, you're sexy when you're brood. Devin, stop it. I'm serious. We got ourselves in some deep shit. Now, I trust you, but we gotta stay focused. Is there anything you think might help with jogging my memory. 
How about this? She reaches over and presses my lips against hers. And within seconds, I'm overcome with serotonin and the taste of vanilla. The butterflies inside of me flutter and turn into uncontrollable beasts that can't find a way out of me. Her kiss is like dark chocolate. I can't help myself and keep going back for more. And after each kiss, she plants a gentle little kiss as if it's a signature of hers. I forget that I'm riding in her car and a rush of memories come through to my brain. I remember meeting Devin, hitting the town, that time when she got scared at a skeleton Halloween decoration. <laughs> she hates skeletons. And even the other night, inside the parking lot, she would be the angel of mercy who saved me and brought me home when Mickey went insane, allegedly. Jay, stop the car. I said stop the car, Joshua. Oh, what? Sorry. I dazed off for a few minutes. You know, I think I remember a few things, but nothing important. Just that I love you. Oh, sweetie, I love you too. But come on, let's do a little snooping and see what this David character is hiding. They go inside and search David's apartment and would only end up finding a map to which would reveal that different hintmen had to be at different spots at the same time to kill all the girls in Old Town in unison. It seemed as if this map proved Devin's theory that Mickey couldn't have murdered all the girls. They would hurry up and leave David's apartment with the map and hop into the car and head on the road again. They would drive to the pits and drop the decapitated body into it. When Jay was done, he would walk back to the car and would say, So, what's our next move? We have a piece of the puzzle, but I don't quite understand what it means. It means your friend couldn't have murdered all of the Old Town girls. I think this map proves that it was a coordinated attack, and I am pretty sure I think I know by who. Oh yeah, by who? Mob Boss Warren Quest. It really pisses him off that he doesn't get any of the profit that Old Town makes. And it's up to the girls and myself to make sure we keep the pimps, mafia, and drug dealers out. Our alliance with the police was almost shattered once. We can't let that happen again. Damn freaking hero cop, Iron Jack. Okay, so if we're going to do what I think we're going to do, we're going to need time to prepare and a place that's safe. Leave that to me. I know a guy. She drives us across town to a building that looks like it had been abandoned. As we get out of the car and inside this rickety-looking house, I learn appearances aren't quite what they seem. Inside the place would look the opposite from the way that it did outside. As we walk in through the door, a giant chandelier hangs from the ceiling, and there would be a double staircase in the center of the room which led to an upstairs. As I look up, I see a black man, covered in chains, wearing a Adidas his tracksuit emerge from upstairs and walk down to greet Devin and myself. He smells like aftershave and shakes my hand and then says, D, what's up? What's going on? I'm good, Smokey. Thank you for asking. I'd like to hand in a favor you owe me and have you look after my friend Josh here and myself as well. We're kinda onto something big. Oh, really? How big is it? Because there's nothing really bigger than me. Talk to me. It's private, trust me. The less you know, the better. Alright, I get it. Mikasa S. Sukasa. If you need my help with anything, let me know. But remember, remember, it comes with the cost. Hold up, wait. I think I could use your help with something. Oh, yeah? What's that? Well, you see, I can't quite remember anything from what seems like forever. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Fuck you, bitch, smoking, yo. <laughs> All right, call me. Let me see what I can do to help. 
Give me a fingerprint. Smokey took Jay's hand while staring at D with a hard look. He then continued saying, Alright, cool. I'll let you know what I find. Now look, is there anything else? Just one more thing. You're a man who can obtain anything, right? Fucking A. Impossible is nothing for me. Nothing. And I don't run from a good challenge. Why? The fuck you thinking? I need the blueprints to Mob Boss Warren Quest's house. <laughs> Might as well take a long walk off a short pier and then fall into a big ass turtle's mouth. You know, the blueprints I can get you, but fuck with one of the most powerful people on the planet? Nah, fuck that. But it's not like we're trying to kill him. We just need to get inside of his house and steal something. Alright, I think we can handle this. Give me 24 hours, see what happens. But in the meantime, enjoy my place as if it was your own. Devin and Josh would enjoy all the amenities Smokey had provided for them. A private bar and chef, cozy beds, all access television, and each other. There would be no reason for them to ever have to leave, and it seemed like they had found a slice of heaven. The 24 hours would pass by ever so quickly, as it always does when people have fun, and Smokey would return with a plan. We see it happening as he explains it. All right, listen, man. First things first. Josh, I'm not quite done getting you your answers. All right, listen, there's a few more things we have to check before we talk. You know, you're basically a ghost like me, which is very impressive. Okay, and thanks, man. I appreciate your help and everything. Yeah, no problem, cuz. This is how the alpha moves, all right? Okay, so are we gonna need a team? Or can I just get away with doing this myself? I don't want to put Josh in any danger if I don't have to. Hey, you said you needed my help, and I'm gonna do this to help you, goddammit. I can't do much, but I can at least do this one thing. Fine, and thank you. I appreciate your help. Yo, so unfortunately, this is gonna be a two-crew job. There's a tree you're going to have to climb and get comfortable in it. You should have a few moments around 9 o'clock to get up into it. At this time, that's when the guards eat lunch. All right, you're going to have to stay hidden in the tree to about mm, 11.30 when they switch shifts for the night. At 11.30 precise, Jay should drop down from the tree and activate the alarm on the other side of the house. Jay, you can do this just by going up to open the window. As soon as alarms activate, get the fuck out of there. You don't want to be captured if possible. While the guards go fleeing to check out the commotion that Jay created, that's when Dee will walk the branch to make her way inside. Since Jay already hit the alarm, it won't sound again. The room D enters into is my boss Warren Quest's office. He's a fat guy who never shuts the window, even in the wintertime. D, get in and out as quickly as you can with what you can get. Get it, grab it, return for a mission complete. We see everything go off as if it's supposed to, but two things do go wrong. One, Jay is spotted and his face is seen by a guard. Josh has a chance to kill him, but pistol whips him instead and gets away. The second thing that goes wrong is Devin is caught. It's not revealed who she is, but she does kill her attacker and get away. We see my boss Warncrest shows up and talks to the guards and explains the situation as he pulls them each into a room one by one to interrogate them. Each one of the interrogation ends the same way with the same sound, the sound of a bullet hitting a human skull. We see Jay flee the scene and head back to Smokey's place, but when he gets there, it's been burnt to the ground. What the? Did I just imagine this paradise? No. No, no. I couldn't have. It was real. Something must have happened to it for it to burn to the ground. Hey, babe. I got away safely, and I got the evidence I need to convict Mob Boss Warren Quest. 
I'm going to show it to the girls, and we'll all decide if it's worth handing over to the police. Or to handle this ourselves. I'll need you later tonight at Smokey's. Love ya. Ciao. Jay would send a message saying, don't bother, Smokey's is no more. As he waited for a response, a familiar woman would come up walking the street and over to Josh and say, Oh my god, Lemur? Lamar Lemur? I've been looking for you everywhere. Um, no, sorry, lady. My name's Josh. Or my friends call me Jay. No, you don't quite get it. I told you before, worlds and stories are blending into one another. Yeah, yeah, okay, go smoke another one. Please help me. I'm trying my best to explain it, but it's hard to do so to someone that doesn't understand. Okay, fine. Help me understand. Hop in. I'll give you a ride to wherever you're looking to go. Holy cow, really? Oh, thanks, Bugs Bunny, Bird Dog. Could you bring me to Old Town? Oh, thank Bugs Bunny, Bird Dog. What? Okay, first things first, my name is Fauna, but that's just in this reality. I'm really from a place where I believe you are my best friend, Lemur, who has been lost in time. Do you have gaps in your memory that you can't explain? Um, yeah, I'm supposed to meet up with a friend who's helping me figure things out, but only he and I would know that. Okay, I think you're the guy I'm looking for. Guys, I found him. Hone in on my location now. Hone in on your location? Oh, hell no. You work for my boss, Warcrest, don't you? And you're here to kill me. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. I'm not here to kill you. Wait, he doesn't have to die to leave, does he? Fuck this. What did you just say about me dying? Oh, hell no. Stop, wait. What are you doing? Just let me explain. You're a leaper, and that's why you can't remember anything. Oh, yeah. Remember this. Jay would accelerate the car to its peak speed and would crash it into the side of a building. He would be wearing his seatbelt and would mess himself up, but he would manage to make it out of the crash alive. But on the other hand, she would not be wearing her seatbelt and would be sent through the windshield when the car hit the wall and there wouldn't be much left of her. After such an impact, we see the car door open of Josh's Chevelle and he emerges limping out, walking down an alley. As he fades into the darkness, we see a blue door emerge. Josh gives it a questionable look, but comes to the conclusion that he must walk through it. But right before he does this, he says, What, what the fuck is this blue, glowing, gooey thing? Hmm, maybe that crazy homeless bitch was right. You know what they say, walk down the right back alley and Eagle Falls, and you can find anything.